Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au. Conspiracy Theory. Conspiracy Theory. Time for another conspiracy theory. Uh, Looking at the mythical creatures, urban legends when it comes to conspiracy theories. Inspired by my kids who, uh, during the school holidays, I found watching YouTube. uh, And the thing they were watching on YouTube was the 15 most mysterious monsters of all time. Something called the Hide Behind we tackled a couple of weeks ago. Let's move on to something called the Pope Lick Monster. Now, to be honest, I was intrigued by the name Pope Lick Monster. And then when I did the research on it, sadly... This monster is not what I thought it was, but we will continue all the same. <laughs> the, the monster is named after a creek, Pope Lick Creek, not what it's done to the Pope. So let's move on, shall we? Here is what I'm talking about. In most of the encounters, the Pope Lick monster, a.k.a. the Goat Man, was described as a human-goat hybrid creature with a furry body and the face of the devil. Witnesses from all over the world have encountered this beast, resulting in many eyewitness stories. According to one legend, this cunning creature uses hypnosis and voice mimicking to lure its victims in and kills them mercilessly. Mm, so it's uh, head of a goat, body of a man, furry all over, and super scary, apparently. Uh, now... In that bit, he said all over the world, but I think uh, people from all over the world are going to Kentucky in the States to this place called Popelick Creek. Now, over the creek is a big bridge, a trestle, they call it. And apparently, this monster lures people to the trestle uh, to climb the bridge, which is still used to run trains across. Now, people get stuck on the bridge, uh, and then a train will swing past and, and knock them off, off the bridge, and that's when... According to urban legend, the Popelick monster comes in, takes the body away. Uh, Now, there's plenty of YouTube fodder on this. Here's some more. The legends go back to the 1940s and 1950s, several generations of it. When I first heard about it, it was like a creature called the Goat Man. He kills people, drags them back into the woods, and uh, people are never heard from again. This half man, half goat that lived out there on a public had a rusty axe with him all the time. He had hypnotic eyes. He'd lure kids up on top of the track and then try to kill them. So, uh, like a lot of urban legends, I guess, the more the story gets told, it sort of changes each and every time. There's actually a movie on it. 1988, a movie was uh, commissioned by uh, Louisville filmmaker... Ron Shieldneck, and it's called The Legend of the Popelick Monster. It only goes for 16 minutes. Definitely worth checking out if you can find it online. And you might be thinking to yourself, come on, no one would fall for that. No one's going to go up on this bridge uh, and risk being hit by a train. The last person to die from looking for the Popelick Monster was on May 26th last year. So it's still happening, people. It's still happening. The Popelick Monster. Get around it. That's our conspiracy. Well, don't, because it's actually quite scary and it's wrong. And if, like, the train companies even put up eight foot tall fences, which people still climb over to try and try and try and climb this trestle to check out the Pope Lick monster. So maybe just steer well clear 
But that's our conspiracy theory for today. I had something quite embarrassing happen to me on the weekend. I, I spoke about it yesterday on the show, but I want to know today on 13, 12, 16, if there's anybody else that has found themselves in the same boat. Headed out to the pub on the weekend. The idea was to have a couple of drinks before heading further out on the town. Uh, and I was there with my in-laws. I, I said to my in-laws, you know what? Let me get this round. You know, uh, trying to impress them. Still trying to impress them, even though I've been married to their daughter for 10 years. Uh, went to the bar, ordered a round of drinks, did the old tap and go. Well, I did the tap. There was no go. My credit card got denied. Could not afford a round of drinks. Forgot to pay my credit card bill for quite a long time, as it seems. So I want to know if anybody else, and that's quite embarrassing where you have to slink back and go, uh, have you got any cash on you? Because I don't have any cash on you uh, to my wife uh, and get, you know, past a 50 so I could go and pay for a misly round of four drinks that I couldn't afford. So 13, 12, 16, I want to know if there's anybody else that's ever found themselves in the same boat, had their credit card or any card for that matter. If you don't have a credit card, you don't use a credit card, could be F postcard. When have you had your card denied at the most embarrassing point would be great. I'd love to hear your stories. It's happened to you, Katie. It has multiple times, many times, all the time. It, I just, I never have money in the right account or I've got to transfer some. But there was one time we were at Horseland and they'd had this big premiere of a new release of a product and there was all these people there. And I, it wasn't even a huge purchase. It was only maybe 80 or 100 and something dollars. But I just was like, the card got de- declined. And then I like pulled out my other card. I'm like, try this. And declined. And I like, pull out a third card and it's like declined. And I'm like, no, no, I've got money. I've, I do. Yeah, hang on. <laughs> Jump on net banking, trying to shuffle money around. Oh, my God. You put 20 on this one and 50 on this one. <laughs> I think it's even worse when it's a smaller amount and you still can't afford it. I'm sorry. It makes me feel so poor. <laughs> Hilarious. Katie, thank you very much for the story. You can call anytime. You still keep a pocket full of change. Do you have uh, a change drawer in your home? I'm talking about, obviously, your shrapnel, the stuff that you get as change. You hand over a note. Not that anybody does that that much anymore. You get like a 20-cent piece, 50-cent piece, 5, 10, that kind of gear. Maybe it's sitting in the ashtray in your car because you're not using the ashtray for anything else. Well, the days of our change are numbered, apparently, especially certain coins. Now, this is all according to the uh, Royal Australian Meat Chief Executive Officer, Ross McDiarmid. He has said that uh, Australians should get ready for the eventual loss of our smallest coins. Now, demand for coins has roughly halved in the last five or six years. Now, the decline in demand for coins um, of roughly 55 to 56% over the last five or six years, because people are, you know, obviously tapping going and all that kind of stuff, means that eventually we're going to get rid of some of those smaller coins. Which coins are going to go? Well, the $2 coin is safe. The $1 coin is safe. The 20 cent coin is also safe. But we're tired, apparently, of the 50-cent coin. I mean, it's just too many edges. Uh, The 10-cent coin we're not happy with, and the 5-cent coin will be the first to go. Now, the Australian Mint's not going to force the end of the coins, uh, especially, you know, they're talking 5- and 10-cent coins more than anything else. But they're just going to let them fade away naturally. 
That's ridiculous. Did you know that the five cent piece has over three cents worth of metal in it? So, you know, it has some value at least. That's nice. I tell you what, uh, if you're not using your five and ten cent pieces, if you're not happy with your 50 cent piece, Let's get a hurry on. Send them in to me. I'll take care of them. I'll get rid of them. I'm not quite sure how I'll do it, but if you send me your five cent pieces, your 10 cent pieces, and your 50 cent pieces, you're clearly not using them anymore, then, you know, I'll, I'll do you a solid. That's the kind of guy I am. Okay, found this study this morning, found it interesting because I don't drive one of these cars. I'd love to, but I don't. But apparently, men who own Mercedes and BMWs, your, your German high-end cars are more likely to be, well, they, the word they use in this story, I'm, I'm not going to use on this show. Let's just say turds. They use uh, a lesser term for the area where a turd would come from, but let's just call them turds. Now, it's not just somebody that's driven behind someone in this one of these cars and noticed it and said, hey, I'll write a story about it. This comes direct from the Journal of International Psychology. So it, it's clear, basically, uh, people that are self, self-centered men who are argumentative, stubborn, disagreeable, and un empathetic are much more likely to own high status cars like Audi, BMW and Mercedes. They're the type of people most likely to run a red light, not give way to pedestrians and generally drive recklessly and too fast. They're often the ones that are <laughs> driving these German high-end cars. Now, the they, they uh, surveyed like nearly 2,000 people, and they found no connection between female self-centeredness and luxury cars. This is just dudes. So self-centered dudes are driving uh, your high-end, your luxury vehicles. Now, I want to know in 13, 12, 16 whether you think that's right, that uh, dudes that drive Mercedes, BMWs, Audis are turds, self-centered. They're always running red lights, driving recklessly, think they own the road. 13, 12, 16, you can weigh in on this, please. My dad drives a BMW. Now, he might run the odd red light and be all over the road, but that's because he's 78, not because... And I tell you, I've driven with him, and he's got all the bells and whistles that, you know, that to tell you when you're going over into one lane, uh, into, from one lane into another without indicating, or you're getting too close to the curb or anything like that. He ignores all of that stuff. He either doesn't hear it or he ignores it. So I, I don't know. Would he would he be a turd on the road? Well, yes, but for different reasons, not just because of who he is. Anyway, 13, 12, 16. What do you think? The survey says, the study says, men who own Mercedes, Audis, BMWs are more likely to be turds. Troy's on the line. What do you reckon? Well, that's a tough one because I would have thought that would be correct, but I met an absolute top bloke who drives a Mercedes. And he's just your regular truck driver, stubby short, singlet, the works. And, yeah, he's nothing like that. But then I do know an absolute Womble <laughs> who drives a BMW. Yeah, yeah, right. So, okay, so it can work either way. We're, we're well and truly on the fence. Pretty much, because it's, <laughs> it's yeah, just if you... Oh, no, Joyce, uh, <laughs> Joyce phone is just... Cut out. Uh, okay, well, there you go. I'll take that, though. I'll, uh, I'll take that. Well and truly on the fence. Some people can be, it doesn't matter what car you drive, some people are just terrible drivers. I'm going to put my hand up and say that could be me. Don't own a BMW, an Audi, or a Mercedes, 
but not the greatest driver in the world. Want more access to exclusive prizes? Become a VIP at hit.com.au.